to another episode of Cinebeards. I'm your host, Jason Musicanth. With me, as always, are Dion von Heerden. Hi! And Marcus Knaeve. Funny one-liner. Oh. <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to move the mic a little closer to you. So we can better hear your zingers. Oh, me? Your one-liners. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, I'll do that right now. All right. What are we At talking recording. about today, Uncle Jason? Today, because last Friday, The Incredibles 2 was released, mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about animation. Animation? But what's that, Uncle Jason? Um, it's picture stories, but with drawings, not real people. Isn't that silly? Why don't they just form real people doing the shenanigans? Yeah, you're just describing DC movies. Oh, Really? This soon? This soon? Wow. We're like two minutes into the episode. <laughs> Not even. We're like 30 seconds in. Ruined. Uh, look, ruined. I know what our audience is here for. Hashtag ruined. <laughs> ruined, even. Ruined. Okay, yeah. So we're going to... Oh, Jesus. Yeah. We're going to be talking about animated movies. We've each kind of like picked a style to talk about. Mm-hmm. Marcus stole mine. Marcus... <laughs> twice. St- stole Dion's <laughs> twice. And... Uh, I stole Dion's never, because he hates traditional animation. <laughs> so, uh... Do anyone can see me flipping him off there? Yeah. And okay. these mics can pick that up. So, I've chosen traditional animation, Marcus. I'm doing C computer-assisted animation. Basically Pixar. Okay. I'm doing Pixar. You're doing stop motion. Was I doing stop motion? Yeah. Oh. Shit. You stole it from me. <laughs> yeah, no, I no, I thought I was doing... <laughs> no, he, if, if I read it correctly, he said, you take it. I'll really? do it. Yeah. I thought you were joking when you said Pixar. <laughs> no, 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 I was dead serious. <laughs> I was working at the time, so I may have... Oh, no, well, we posted it pretty much at the same time. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was... Yeah. Okay, so I guess uh, we can, we can kind of change the direction of the episode a little bit. It's fine. And gear, gear it more to CGI, because it kind of works with... Essentially, what I was going to do for my tra- traditional animation portion is ask, like, why don't people like traditional animation anymore? Oh, actually, Marcus never confirms which one he's doing. You suggest that he does CGI, and then I said I'll do Pixar. Oh, uh, miscommunication. Well, we are great at planning <laughs> things, guys. Jason's it's actually fault, Jason's fault. But it's fine. I can. No, it's cool. Like, well, we can. We okay, can just this discuss. episode, so we're talking about CGI. No, we're just talking we about just animation ch- in general. Yeah, we can just yeah. jam it out. Like, yeah. we can, we can we mention Ardman and how cool Ardman is. And how phenomenal Ardman's style was, you know, a few years ago. Hmm. And how Leica has now taken up that torch and has done amazing things in stop motion. Yeah, Early Man wasn't wasn't super good. Is it? Yeah. 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 Uh, from a no, from an animation standpoint. Oh, it was great from an animation standpoint, yeah. but like mm. the movie as a whole, Context they, they put nothing on Leica. Mm. Nothing on a Leica. Okay, so let let's just start this off because we know like CG is taken over and stuff like that. I mean, Disney's last live-action movie was the 2011 Winnie the Pooh. I believe you mean traditionally animated, that's, Jason. That's the one. I don't know what I said. Fuck you. You said live-action. You were uh, wrong. You said I the wrong totally thing, wrong. Jason. Okay, tradition- <laughs> Tradi- <laughs> you're better than Jason. Tradi- <laughs> traditional values animation. <laughs> yeah, 2D. So marriage, yeah. like all, all, the whole shebang. That's it. No, when we nuclear s- family. When Jason says live fans. action and means traditional animation. Basically, when you hear me say a thing, just insert traditional the animation. Thing. <laughs> yeah, just insert the correct thing. Use context. I don't have to do everything for you. He's talking about traditional, what used to be hand drawn two D animation. Yes. Yeah. Like that's that's died out pretty much on the on the mainstream circuit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but like pretty much. I mean, and I know the reason behind that is because they really don't make much money anymore. Uh huh. Like the last few live action movie, live action. Fuck. The last few traditional, animated. traditionally animated, bleh, traditionally animated movies that Disney put out were losses, except for the Princess and the Frog. No, that wasn't yeah. really and it didn't a success. The yard, no, that wasn't a massive that wasn't success. A smashing success. No, yeah. but it didn't like lose they money. They didn't actively lose money. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, I can understand why the studio stopped making it, but why did people stop going to see them? Because people... Alright, bear with me here. It's... Um, 
that's Bear Grylls imitating a bear. I like how meta you got there. Um, <laughs> bear with me here. This is a. This might seem like a really sort of meandering sort of theory, but people are stupid. What? Yes, I can oh, that see. That was a lot shorter than I than yeah. I expected. Yeah, I yeah. got straight to the point. I, there. I, yeah, I think what um, Dion is trying to get at is people's capacity for imagination has been stunted to such a degree that if they can't see it in all its three-dimensional glory on a screen, they can't picture it. Nah, mm. I, I think it's I think it's more just that, in all honesty the freshest most exciting things in sort of mainstream filmmaking like animated filmmaking were just being made as 3d films mm. like they if you look at the time period where sort of traditional animation declined right there was obviously the whole like golden age um all that sort of thing but then as soon as 3d animated films started on the rise you know you had your toy story you had shrek you had all these things they were just these real cultural zeitgeist moments mm. and then there were just so many there were it was a new creative field there was a lot of people what was really competing with it on the traditional animation front Nothing. I mean, no, Princess no, and nothing, the Frog. Nothing they were putting the out was really. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I loved the Winnie the Pooh. Um, Twenty eleven last week, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. it's but it wasn't nothing about that screamed like blockbuster success. Yeah. Uh, so, they they really were. I mean, if you look at something like Tangled. Um, I mean, I'm not a big fan of Frozen, but I mean, look at something like Frozen. Oh yeah, no, these are all those are big, exciting. Successes mega hits a lot of them are doing uh if you look at tangled you know it it's doing for a young audience now it's exciting in a way that the original animated films were mm. for their day yeah, yeah i mean look how many cg trailers we spoke about last week that's true none at yeah, there were at least one. three no yeah halloween yeah halloween and i can't think of another one <laughs> <laughs> How many anime, anime trailers were there last week? It was I the, think it was uh, three. Spider-Man? Uh, four if you include Spider-Man. It was... Because I was speaking, your dragon, I was speaking mostly yeah. uh, CGI. Yeah. yeah. How to Train Your Dragon, The Lost World. Um, Wreck-It Ralph 2. Ralph Breaks oh, the Internet. Yeah. Mm. Um, Sorry, it was a week ago. <laughs> yeah. And the Lego movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and in Spider-Verse, yeah. And those are all 3D animated. Yeah. I think it's also just the cost to visual spectacle ratio mm. is just so much better now with 3d animation it's well, so much not not really when you look at the budgets of them if you look at the budget of say even at the time or if you um adjust for inflation or stuff like that the price i mean the cost of the princess and the frog versus the cost of frozen mm -hmm. frozen is nearly double the cost yeah but it's also exponentially more spectacular yeah but, but, but what's that's what that i mean what I'm, I'm talking about a direct one-to-one -one, like to create an equal amount of price sort of per spec cost spectac per spectacle yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. exactly what i mean is the the ratio between cost and spectacle is so much better for 3d animated films obviously they go further and they, they get bigger budgets because they're getting bigger returns mm. um but if frozen had been made on princess and the frog's budget it would still have made a ton more money and it would still have been able to do true far bigger and more exciting things i think it's just it's also you have to look at it as the people that make these films are human beings human beings are drawn to the new exciting mm things the new exciting technologies whereas before with the uh, with the 2d animated film if you want to do you know a lot of water if you want to do a lot of t shots you know with cameras turning around characters these were all sort of every time it was this technical hurdle yeah i mean uh famously with uh the little mermaid there was a team of 2d animators on months months just doing bubbles yeah, that was actually the last of the Disney movies to be completely traditionally animated. Yes. Mm. Everything and after that had some kind of, as Marcus put it, what computer-generated assistance. Yes, yeah. it makes. It also makes a lot of. It, it's quite comparable to in uh, in music production, where they went from having, you know, people always 
decry like oh where's analog where's analog it's not quite the same because the end result is so different in animation mm. with audio it's not that different um but they forget about the fact that something like metallica's black album had a couple of interns sitting for months months and months with razors and tape yeah splicing like like you do in in a daw where you just splice two things together every one of those had to be meticulously calculated cut with a razor shifted 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 milli perfectly millimeters pasted back together mm. like little moment oh my gosh that sounds like a headache yeah that's yeah. that's literally months of guys just sitting there it's only day. months yeah um at a small army doing that so same thing with little mermaid now if you want a million bubbles it's like you go to maya say insert hash stroke yeah. bubbles yeah. xyz there bubbles yeah, and it's, it's and it's not like it's uh, i'm sort of denigrating what the three obviously there's a lot of artistry no, a lot in of it, artistry but i mean even it. if you just want to mock up a scene like that mm. it's like that the iteration process for uh, you with 3d animation you can also place your camera wherever you yeah. want a good example is um the use of this is going on a slight tangent but the use of middleware in um video games like for example a good example i watched by the way watch the no clip documentary on bethesda game studios it's an hour and a half and it's really good um how they they talked about how they used um speedtree for oblivion where it basically let them procedurally generate the entire world in like like a couple of days mm. and then just like fix it up where they need to or and just then, like yeah. yeah and then they went in and went you know with the designers and said okay this is a good baseline but we need to hand like tweak these mm. things and horizon zero dawn did that as well mm. and Ooh, they they look at um they look at what are the areas of the world that are going to be most viewed by players and they yes. get the most polish and then it sort of works down yeah from there but the actual base world is procedurally generated according to certain rules that they yeah. give wow yeah yeah technology that's amazing. really technology cool. is amazing and they use the same thing in um computer generated animation especially mm. with things like um with background oh yeah you're telling me about the good dinosaur well, like for example the the good dinosaur um where they actually used i read up on it earlier they actually used some elements of speedtree because it also works in maya animation mm. which a lot of people use and they used like the import tool in that to sort of get the basic feel for the initial storyboards mm. because it was a very heavily forested film as i think very few people actually went to go see the good dinosaur mm. i certainly didn't yeah mm. yeah but like it's a very like forest heavy foliage heavy film and that let them storyboard it much faster mm. to get the story in and then they spent so much time like tweaking that animation way to the point where it looks photorealistic mm. but yeah mm. i mean have can you imagine having to um build a world like that using sort of older sort of technology like like a, a forest that heavily sort of that dense yeah being able to do that many shots from absolutely any angle using traditional means it's if you have a tool that can make it easier but that will allow you to tell the same story in what is arguably a more visually spectacular fashion mm. why mm. wouldn't you yeah as a filmmaker i mean for decades now animation and i'll probably get crucified for this but it's been about cutting corners for decades now of course uh, filmmaking will always yeah. be about what is our that's why they so many practical effects companies have gone out of business just because hey we can put cg in here it may not or sometimes it looks great sometimes it doesn't look nearly as good yeah. but at the end of the day we're getting the same storytelling result for much less money yes so yeah animation i mean they're always going to be about cutting costs and i mean i should say up front i love the shit out of traditional animation almost as i love as much as i love claymation mm -hmm. Um, and when they happen i appreciate them and i love them but it doesn't make economic sense yeah when you can make something like how to train your dragon like imagine having to hand animate that yeah impossible. that would take four years that scale it would end up costing probably more and you would have had a far more difficult 
development process because what's mm-hmm. up on screen is just that's the final th- the final pass yeah. you know before that you have to do all your storyboarding and your concepting your pre-editing mm-hmm. and um it just makes so much mm-hmm. sense to go 3d yeah it does especially when you know you can like i said earlier where they use tools mm-hmm. to generate the basic set as with video games and then dress it as they need it yeah and then animate the animate the characters separately yeah, in most cases it's also uh, 3d i think 3d animation it feels to me a lot more these days a lot more democratic than say traditional animation mm-hmm. if you are an artist and you want to pitch a film or you want to pitch your your concept to 3d animated versus hand animating it yourself mm. people can do far more far more quickly and far more not i want to say easy because I, I keep sounding like i'm saying it's easy but yeah. you can do so much more with your time if you're fluent in 3d animation software mm. versus having to actually hand animate a concept and with 3d animation you can just quickly dive in and be like whoops shouldn't have used this camera angle i'll just move the camera here mm. tweak some lighting accordingly yeah boom i've got my new shot hand mm. animation you have to do that from scratch yeah with hand animation you're looking at okay so this one second scene uh i don't like the framing of it okay that's 24 cells you need to redraw mm. for one second of footage yeah the also i think it it's also a lot more work available if you look at um breaking into traditional animation because it was on the decline mm. audiences weren't taking to it the way they used to there were very 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 few studios making traditionally animated films and you can imagine if you're as an animator as a creative you're trying to break into this field it's brutal it's cutthroat it's this small insular elite breaking in there is so difficult so what do you do do you go to a small startup animation studio that's using 3d animation software um, (coughs) and that can make concepts much quicker to pitch to mm-hmm. studios or yeah. do you find a new career yeah i mean this isn't taking into account obviously the anime industry in japan because that's yeah. that's its whole that's, 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 a, that's, a, that's a totally different thing and that's also a fucking horrifying industry yeah. Yeah. yeah like if you just look at the episode turnaround times for uh on running show like something like dragon ball super mm. where they literally only have two weeks to make a full episode for very little money holy crap for extremely little money and like i I was reading an interview with a guy that works in anime fairly high up Mm. uh, who went from the u.s and he talks about how people were working on shows on their wedding days yeah and people just end up living at the studio it just makes more sense because they don't really have money for an apartment and for their for their commute mm. um so it's easier for them to just bring a sleeping bag and live at the studio shit that is ridiculous yeah, yeah. No. and these Granted, are sort of that's not that's not every anime no, but, studio but i mean that's he says that's the vast majority and yeah. he's worked on like a lot of big titles um and that's just that's just how it goes mm. the, it's the sort of it's that culture of you know of excellence of pulling your weight of doing your part and it, they just get exploited mm so yeah I, that's a that's a whole another kettle of fish yeah. we should we should probably f- <laughs> sort of let's limit this one to western animation yeah. well no you're going into cg you're also looking at at similar things i mean there were quite a few people i can't remember the entire story but that didn't get any credit for work that they had done and i got paid peanuts no you think of sausage party sausage party yeah, that's it you're thinking yeah. of sausage party. that's the one yeah that crass yeah. Well, I mean that—that that was uh, that's that's still that's still Western. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, like, it's sticking to Western isn't gonna eliminate the whole. No, no. I'm, I'm saying I don't know anything about the anime industry. Yeah. That Fair that, that is its own kettle of fish. That's a whole different thing. Yeah. No, it um, really is. Yeah. Like, it's just the work ethics and the style of production is mm. just so different from what we consider traditional western animation yeah and i mean it's two different worlds mm. you literally can't compare the two so yeah i think th- i mean that accounts for why 3d animation took off and that also accounts for why people stopped going to see them because if you've got all the new exciting voices working in a medium mm. they're going to be producing the new exciting films and Which i'm not saying these are like 
classics, you know, in the vein, like, you know, of the caliber of The Little Mermaid or something. Yeah. But, you know, audiences want it something went, fresh. It, and yeah. that was what Shrek was. That's what... That's what the original Toy Story was. Yeah. Which, fun fact, was the highest grossing film that year. Mm. Wow. Well, yeah. In new, the US. New technology, same as with Avatar. New yeah. technology, highest grossing film. There's yeah. a definite correlation between mm. the two. I mean, that was, like, absolutely mind-blowing. And yeah. it's still, like, the film still looks great today. It's still super watchable. Oh, yeah, Toy, Toy, Toy Story, I've, I've got to go into a, a bit of a story here, but I was at the exact right age when Toy Story 1 came out. Right, I was, like, what was I, under 10? Let's go with that ballpark. And I went to go watch that movie at the big screen, and after I watched it, when it finally was available, I bought with my own pocket money. I saved up to buy Toy Story on VHS. Wow. Right? Aww. This was the mid-90s, so, you know, we didn't have a DVD we player We had Betamax. Yeah. <laughs> I, so I bought the v VHS, and I watched that movie religiously. Like, until the tape stopped working. That was, me, much that was me with, with Bugs Life, just over and over right? again. Like, Toy Story was that wow. to me. the movie that I did that with was Independence Day. <laughs> that explains a lot. It explains yeah. everything makes so much sense now. But, you know, with, with that, I was at the exact right age for that movie. Mm. And yeah, that, just, that just also means a lot to people, mm. you know, when... When Toy Story came out in the mid-90s, it was so different, like, mm. even in content from any sort of other animated film that was out there. Yeah. It was a new idea, like you say, it was a fresh idea, and that really resonated with people. And, like, three animations so ubiquitous now, but at the time, I remember there just being this whole, like, anything 3D animated was automatically big news. I remember yes. um, seeing on TV there were these documentaries about the mask and the technology behind yes, it and I remember people that. were obsessed and there were um all these documentaries about how you know dead film actors you know can now be resurrected perfectly and this was like gladiator yeah and no no this was like this was before that this yeah. was oh, like wow. i was a kid yeah like th this was like th this was just after the mask came out um, this was late 90s and they were talking about how in theory, you know, like dead actors can be like totally recreated and I think they had Who did they have? I, I, I still remember them like recreating one or two actors, you know, and them saying a few lines that If I go back and watch that now, it's probably gonna well, look like I a cutscene Yeah, I think one of them was Chris Farley that they said they could bring back. Yeah, something like that well, and they um, And it was just 3d was the big new exciting thing anything 3d was automatically like a must see yeah. and it was jurassic park it was just that age and i think there was a whole generation raised on that for whom classic animation looks old-fashioned yes uh, it's not it's not like oh that's actually so cool and so wonderful it's just like it looks like a car from 30 years ago yeah. or uh, or clothes from 30 it just looks like old and weird and yeah you'll, you'll get the like niche group that is actually looking for that and yeah yeah you know yeah but for the most but part like it just it, and it's not even a conscious thing it's just that looks outdated it's like walking into a store and there's like a 4k hd tv and there's like an old crt monitor you like one of those bulky ones yeah. sure one person in a hundred is going to be like i'm going to buy that crt and i'm going to play duke nukem on that thing. oh yeah of course I, uh, i'm that guy yeah i know <laughs> but uh but the other 99 people they're they're going to sort of glance at it yeah and like, what is this and why is this what, what is this barely acknowledge it and yeah. look at the, the sort of the shiny new thing yeah. and i think for them it's just animation is 3d animation they don't even think of it as such yeah i mean we're looking at well, something yeah. that's been mainstream since 1995 yeah you know you can uh, where like oh, toy story was famously the first fully 3d animated mm. theatrical release and yeah, by the early 2000s, it was just unstoppable. It was just unstoppable. It was just the norm. I mean, you're looking at... I mean, we're now in the year of our Lord, 2018, <laughs> right? So go back to 1995. That's like 23-year-olds now, mm. like young adults. So there's an entire generation of children 
who have grown up only knowing yeah. CG animation by now. Yeah. That's it's, just like, a fact. it's like it's that that weird cognitive dissonance I get yeah. when I talk to a younger person and they say you know they like the prequels the prequels are their star wars films yeah. when they were young and they were kids and they went to watch them and they were so exciting and when they watch the original trilogy they just feel weird and wrong and yeah. like watching like watching old episodes of star trek mm. um that and that's perfectly normal because it's sort of part of their formative yeah. they're still wrong yeah but no, it's they're still entirely wrong years. but i think another thing if we're looking at the younger generation today as well i mean they would more closely liken traditional 2 2d animation to television shows if you think about it Possibly. from their perspective yeah. because a lot of kids shows are still using like traditional animation mm, but the that's movies good, that's actually a good point CG. yeah so for them uh, like subconsciously 2d is low budget mm. in big or at least low stakes yeah it's yeah. like I, I spoke to my cousin once and we were talking about music um, and I was playing her some you know like 70s 80s stuff and for her it sounded like cheap it sounded badly produced and I just dis I discovered that music that has auto-tune like where the vocals are auto tuned, yeah, yeah. that sounds to them like high quality. That sounds like the authentic fancy thing, and that people whose voices don't have that sort of artifacty auto tune thing. Yeah. That sounds cheap, regardless of if it's like Foo Fighters or whatever. Like it sounds cheap and slightly indie, yeah. and yeah. like the big production stuff is auto tune. So yeah, it is a it's a perspective thing. Mm. So that actually makes makes really good sense that the c only animation they would really be watching would be, unless they have parents who have like classic Disney in their archives, yeah. um, would be TV shows. Yeah. Which, by the way, if you can still find it, the Sleeping Beauty Blu-ray is phenomenal. Mm. Oh my word! It's so it's some of the best, like upgraded visuals. And I think yeah. Speaking of of cost as well, the one of the things that happened with Disney was, um, and one of the things that eventually helped them move to to 3D animation was that 2D animation, even though the budgets were smaller because the returns were smaller, um, the films were still ruinously expensive. Mm. They famously moved away from. They used to have. You've seen those machines where they have the incredible depth of field. Yes. For like the background, like the multi-layered machines yeah, where they yeah. build yeah, up, yeah, yeah. which they eventually stopped using. Um, which is why you sort of have this era of Disney films, I think, like into the sort of the sixties, and the, which sort of, which look really cheap. Yeah, which looked really flat. Yeah, uh, because that was just too expensive for them to do that. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't have seven layers of backgrounds anymore; it became prohibitively expensive. Mm. And there was also that era of, of one hundred one Dalmatians, which really hasn't aged super well. Again, mm. going for whatever was the cheapest form of animation at the time yeah which arguably in in my mind it helps specifically um 101 dimension specifically is helped by that style mm. personally because i like the almost sketchbook yeah aesthetic to you know cruella de vol that look mm. just works but that's also like artistry versus budget yeah you know that was it may have been a decision on a budget level but it ended up working creatively. Yeah. But it, it was sort of, there wasn't really a choice. Yeah. Luckily, it ended up working yeah. for the... I mean, that's why um, Don Bluth animated films are so, sort of, they have their own look because he was a very big stickler of a certain style of 2D animation. Mm. And you can tell a Don Bluth animated form when you see it. Like, he famously did the Dragon's Lair, Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, uh, that oh, old video yeah, game, yeah, yeah. and he was responsible for the Secret of Nim, mm -hmm. like, and uh, the other one was uh, Black Cauldron. 
for yes. Disney. I Ooh. absolutely love that look. Yeah, that's, still me got, too. that's still got this real air of mystery for me. Yes. Mm. Whenever I see it, that just looks sort of almost don't want to go rewatch them. Yeah. Because I, I know just have these like these mystical connotations yeah. with them. Yeah. And then you know you go into other things like I'm just gonna ramble now for a bit, but another one that was big for me when I was little was heavy metal. <laughs> <laughs> Not when I was young, <laughs> but I did enjoy that style. Um, the Brave Little Toaster, mm-hmm. which uh, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, that was pitched <laughs> by John Lasseter to Disney. He was actually one of the reasons he left Disney originally. That was that he, yeah. he. I watched the documentary like just this week. He basically pitched the Brave Little Toaster to Disney mm-hmm. and said, "I want to do it using um, computer graphics." Yeah. And um, the head of the department then told him, "Look, if you can't make it either faster or cheaper with computers than with traditional, we're not interested." And he went downstairs and got fired. <laughs> yeah, they, wow. he, yeah. Th- that's one of the things. He was originally pitching using computers. And the funny thing is, in the years after his departure, they started using computers for motion shots, yeah, for like yeah. moving through the building, for background, stuff like that. They started integrating it. So it makes me think of when, when Tron was denied its Academy Awards because yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. it used computers and yeah. that was cheating. Yeah, it was cheating. Or with. Um, uh, which one was it? Labyrinth, mm-hmm. also where people were like with that owl shot, which mm-hmm. was also famously like the first CG animal on oh, screen. Yeah, yeah. Um, with the owl flying, and they were like, "That's another one that just feels m- like magic and mystical in my does. mind." No, Labyrinth yeah, holds up. Uh, does it? it holds up. Hmm. Okay, I've got it. It holds up. Nice. And it's only so that was the first. That was the first CG animal on screen, wow. if I recall correctly good excuse to watch it again mm-hmm. there we go that and david bowie's bowie david mm. bowie is just david amazing <laughs> it, it, he's just spectacular as jared the goblin king mm. is that movie just like 90 percent bowie package yes worth it <laughs> worth it but <laughs> yeah um was say so yeah brave little toaster got him fired and then he went he was bumming around and then he joined Pixar, which was bought by ILM, mm. um, and then they broke away from ILM because uh, what's it? Uh, George, I want to say Luke, Luke as Lucas. George Newman. I'm thinking George Newman. George Newman. Luca. No, no, Luca. not Newman. That's the singer. You think of George Newman? Oh, George Newman. New man. Yeah, yeah. George Newman. Recently born at that point. Yes. Uh, well, he got the nickname as an infant and it just stuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's where Pixar started as a subsidiary of ILM, basically. And then they broke off and then Steve Jobs was like, here's mm. money, be yeah. independent. Yep. Mm. And then Disney was like, yeah, it, it's a long story. Yeah, they, well, they tried to hire Lasseter back and yeah. he was like, nah. no. <laughs> yeah, he Suck was it. like, no, I want my creative freedom. And then... Well, and also just stick it up your ass. Yeah. <laughs> he eventually came back to Disney, though. Yeah. But, I mean, at that circle. point, he could do it on his terms. Yeah, but that was... Yeah, because Bob Iger, who was the new CEO back in the early 2000s, mm. was like, we need Pixar, and we just need to have them and do what have them do what they do. Bob Iger, we... Like, the more I read about him, the more I realize how much we have to thank him for. Yeah. Like... Obviously, bringing Pixar on into the Disney fold, bringing Marvel into the Disney fold, bringing, bringing the Muppets fold, into the fold, Muppets, um, Star Wars. Yeah. So yeah, Lucasfilm. So yeah. I mean, that's pretty. That's quite the fucking it's legacy. It's quite the and for a CEO. And that he's the one that, um, you know, obviously Pearl Mutter was was in there when he was sort of more hands on with Marvel. You know, he was yeah. stuffing the composers and he was doing all that and. and uh, between Feige and Iger, they sort of worked Pullmutter out, and he yeah. got to have the Inhumans. <laughs> Whatever, he could go fuck off. Ooh, and he do was that. so proud of that. Yeah, yeah. and um, and that's why now they can actually compensate composers properly, have the epic scores they've been having of late, yeah. have the sort of creative freedom. So that's 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 quite the, um, quite the legacy and approach. Yeah. Sheesh. Yeah, I've actually forgot that he was the CEO when when Lasseter came back. Yeah. 
It was, yeah, because at that time, uh, the previous CEO was, um, he also had a last name like Iger. Scrooge Michael McDuck. Michael Eisner was the previous uh, CEO. Uh, yeah, yeah. And he refused to renegotiate with Pixar. I was watching the documentary, like, Bob Iger. Is this the documentary that came with a short film collection? Uh, yes, this, uh, the Pixar story, which yeah, was yeah. originally so released. So good. So good. Um, basically, Iger, in his first month of being CEO, was like calling Steve Jobs and saying, we need to talk about Pixar. Nice. Because, yeah, famously, his predecessor was like refusing to renegotiate with Pixar because he said Pixar were being greedy. <laughs> Dumbass. Oh, Eisner. It's actually he made all the mistakes. He, in fact, it's because of Michael Eisner that DreamWorks exists. Yeah. Because uh, the lead or the creative lead of Disney Animation was Katzenberg at that time. And yeah. he kept butting heads with Eisner and then he went off and started DreamWorks Animation. <laughs> Dumbass. I actually was thinking oh. the other day as well, when I was thinking about Pixar um, and Marvel, mm. it's actually interesting how Pixar, I mean, I know there was sort of like with the monster films in the 50s and with some of the westerns that it happened, but Pixar is, is also one of the early examples of, of a shared universe, not, uh, not sort of um, blatantly. But like all the little shared yeah, like things, little yeah. hinting like towards the, um, it, the little car, the pizza. Yeah, like yeah, you're looking for like the planet uh, delivery. What is the pizza planet? Pizza planet delivery pizza planet. car. Yeah, uh, the delivery car. Watching each film, wondering who John Ratzenberg is going to voice. Yeah. Uh, little. I mean, I know those are sort of silly little things, but there are lots of them. You know, like the toy, like uh, Sid would show up in another film, and some yeah. of the toys would be in that film. Um, and if you think about it, just the excitement. I loved looking for those Easter eggs. Yeah. And someone would tell me, you know, like, oh, the the Pizza Planet delivery truck is in every film. And I go and rewatch them. And I'd be like, where, where? And then I find it. And I'd be like, yeah, ah, it's fucking cool. And now, you know, Marvel sort of just taking that thrill and doing it even more blatantly. Yeah. But I love that the, that both of them are sort of under the Disney banner, and they're mm. both these ones that are sort of doing these sort of little shared universe experiments yeah but it's like how it's famous you can look it up on youtube the pixar theory where it is where they actually there are people who have dedicated their lives to making a timeline of the pixar universe yeah like how the cars are actually bugs or something like that yeah now how basically the short version is uh, toy story is the f last uh like world before the apocalypse Oh shit! And that's when Wally -E happens, and then decades beyond Wally, 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 you get cars where the cars have become sentient because they've evolved. Oh my from, god! It's like it goes deep, and <laughs> it is fascinating. That's amazing. And, and I think the final one is Brave, isn't it? No, Brave is the earliest, but... But then why does it well, have the I'm carving of the car? I'm assuming the dinosaur would be the earliest. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah but, basically, but basically, then they retcon, like, no, Monsters, Inc., like, the doorways aren't between... Isn't, like, between two different worlds. They actually function as time machines. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Which okay. is why you've got the carving of Sully and Mike in one shot of Brave. Nice. In the witch's okay. cabin where she's got, like, yeah. carvings of them or something. Like, I don't think anyone seriously believes that these things are intended, but I do no. love where, where people can set up these vast houses. Oh, there's some really good fan theories out there. I love that. Like, it's not, not watertight. But yeah. like entertaining to read. Yeah, no, it's it's very fun to watch those theories, like nice. <laughs> yeah. All because people love hunting Easter eggs. Another thing about about Pixar and just about three D animated films is though there were a lot of duds, they generally, box office wise and creatively, have been just incredibly successful. Like there is just a consistent quality to them. Um, which I yeah. always find interesting because I would have thought I know there are a lot like that sort of get released and they're out for a week and then they relegate it to sort of to the history books mm -hmm. but there's not really like a standout stinker other yeah. than maybe I mean, Cars now 2 are, now there's this emoji movie I, I still maintain yeah. Cars 2 it shouldn't have been yeah, released as a it. Pixar 
Mm. But you said um, it entertained you somewhat. Well, I, I think Cars 2 is a near-perfect cartoon. Yeah. Like, mm. it's a near-perfect children's film. It's just that of the Pixar films, it has the least to offer adults. Mm. Mm. Um, but, like, watching that film in a cinema where there were children was, like, pretty spectacular. <laughs> um, and, like, really, like, as, as far as children's entertainment go, it's still absolutely top tier. It's just bottom tier Pixar. Yeah. Um, but if you look which, at, like... Which yeah. is, like, a big, like, up to Pixar, because, I mean, yeah. when, they're, when they're off their game, it's still a well-made, entertaining film. Yeah. It's still the... I mean, they, their duds have been so few and far between, and the the highs have just been fucking... Spe- yeah. That's the other thing, is if you look at Toy Story, the first sort of commercial full-length 3D animated mm-hmm. film, it's a masterpiece. Yeah. Not just technologically, but of storytelling. No, it is perfect. It's a, it's a fucking masterpiece. Yeah. And I mean, that it was basically a perfect trilogy. No, um, it, is, it is right up there. It is my favorite trilogy. And they've had... I mean, there's been Ratatouille and there's been Wally. They, they they've just been like they just knock it out up. Fucking yeah. Chikino score winning the uh, Academy Award. Mm. Um, it's just they've just consistently, consistently knocked it out of the park, inside out. And because they do two a year now, uh, on average, sometimes you know one over two years. But they'll have in one year they had Inside Out and the Good Dinosaur. Now, who gives yeah. a shit about the Good Dinosaur being a flop when Inside Out is a masterpiece? Yeah. Who cares? It's a commercial and a critical success. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And even though yeah, like the the good dinosaur was, you know, a bit nothing. Mm. Like, I have seen it. I think I'm the only one here who has yeah. seen it. Yeah. But I mean, it still has artistic merit. Yeah. I, in the grand scheme of things, it's still, a, uh, from what I've heard, it's still a good film. It's yes. just a middling Pixar. It's a it's a middling Pixar, but. Like you should watch that movie just for the landscapes. Mm. Like mm. it is top tier background work. Yeah. So it's yeah. I mean, aside from one or two sort of stretches where where Disney was sort of really on a roll with their two D animation, there's never really been anything like this because uh, in in the West Disney was always the main game. Yeah. in town with 2D animation simply because it's so expensive yeah it was they basically meant so I guess the, the the fortunes of animation are sort of 2D animation are very closely tied to Disney yes yeah very very much so yeah I mean when if you look at it 2D animation uh, cinema uh, theater experiences yeah, theater experiences I mean if you look at the last time they were really big uh, 2D animation Disney um, you're looking at the, uh, the Disney Renaissance of the early 90s with Little Mermaid and Aladdin and Beauty Lion and King, Beauty and the Beast. But what people forget is that's when 2D animation studios were also having their heydays. I mean, that's when we got All Dogs Go to Heaven and A Land Before Time. The Iron Giant was a few years later than that, wasn't it? Yeah. Iron Giant was 97? No, Iron Giant was 99. Oh. Yeah, well, close enough. Like was, that, was that pure 2D? Yeah. yeah I it, it, it had a lot of CGA, as Marcus okay, put yeah. it, but it was okay. mainly traditionally animated. Nice. Yes. I need to watch that again. That's also Brad Bird, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. I mean, when you're looking at, you know, uh, the history of animation is in Western animation is intrinsically tied to Disney mm. in one shape or form. I mean, we could go into like European animation but that's a whole different and that's also thing. not yeah that's also not the sort of mainstream cultural yeah. impact exactly I mean you're looking at like the French have some phenomenally mm. beautiful animated forms um, most famously I think for most people would be triplets of Belleville like European sensibilities are also different mm. um, than yeah, it's it's actually a very fascinating thing. We should probably take a look at it at some point mm. in the future. Uh, speaking of European animation, sorry to follow you in the rear. Um, I recently watched for the first time. I know it's three D, but um, Asterix and the Mansions of the Gods. Yes, the the French one. Yeah, hot fucking damn, that is good. Yeah, wow, that style was just 
phenomenal. Yeah, exactly. Like that—that's the other thing. Like Western animation, like mainstream Western animation, is basically Disney, DreamWorks, and who else? Arguably Sony Animation. Mm. Yeah, I and that's basically it. But if you go into if you really want to nerd out, you go to find the smaller companies. Mm. I mean, that's when you start looking at animation houses out of France, and when you start looking at Leica Productions, mm. who have like completely modernized stop motion mm. to an extent where, for some people, it's indistinguishable, for, uh, indistinguishable, indistinguishable. Mm. That's the word. You got it from CG. I mean, I've got people, I know people who, like, are flawed when they find out that Kubo and the Two Strings is stop motion mm. and not CG. Mm. Yep. I've seen a bunch of those videos on, on YouTube where they've got, like, the little uh, time lapses yeah. of the making I mean, like the scene. I love that movie work. so much. I mean, you should watch, you should, if you're listening to this... You should watch every Leica stop motion film. What else have they done? Coraline uh, the Trolls mm -hmm. and wasn't wasn't Coraline one of those? Coraline was there. Oh, that was Coraline great. was their I think their first commercially released one. Mm. And Paranorman was also yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which was also <coughs> damn that was a fun movie. Yeah, they make they make good stuff. They make good stuff. They to me Leica today feels like how pixar felt in the early days mm. you know this upstart that's doing its own thing with all this like creative energy behind it has someone bought the market not yet good then they're still in there <laughs> they're still in the pure phase yeah well, i mean there's also um before they cartoon start giving saloon, that's hugs. that's also like a, a fairly recent um, animation company that sticks to hand-drawn stuff which one's that uh, cartoon saloon what have they done they have done uh, Song of the Sea. Yes. And The Secret of Kells. I think that was their first one. Ah, yes. And then they uh, released a third film last year, but the name escapes me. But they are super good. Mm, and the animation is beautiful. No, no. no I'm thinking about... Um, are they feature feature length? Feature length, yeah. Nice. No. no, sorry. I just thought about um, Studio Ghibli again with the one director who recently broke away at um, five millimeters per second recently and garden of words a couple of years ago but that's also going back into anime and a whole different kettle of fish but yeah but i mean you can't yeah you also when you're talking about animation you can't deny the influence of eastern studios like mm, studio, yeah, studio ghibli on like western animators i mean a lot you'll hear in any sort of interview with any sort of head of those companies it's always like it's studio always ghibli. like singing the praises of yeah, singing yeah. the pri praises of miyazaki and his early collaborators because i mean those early films were phenomenal mm. and they hold up yep studio ghibli grave of the fireflies makes me cry and pixar is, How is the rolling stones if, if grave of the fireflies doesn't make you cry then you need to be booked into a mental hospital because that is the most depressing animated form in yeah. existence yep yeah yeah agreed i'll avoid it at all costs you should you'll cry like i'll, a I'll baby. avoid it it's fine Almost it's as beautifully badly, done, though. Yeah, almost as badly as I cry at the end of Toy Story 3 every oh, damn time. I, that's fine. I'll watch it, but I'll mute and I'll play Yakety Sax to counteract <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. uh, Iron Giant always, always manages to pull a tear out of my eye. Yeah. Yeah, we actually um, have a friend, Zane. Yes. Who, as a child, watched the movie and was so sad. You haven't seen it yet, have you? Yeah. Iron Giant? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, at the at the end when he explodes himself to like save the town. What spoilers? Um, Zane got so sad that he immediately Superman. turned it off. Yeah. And for like a decade, he thought that was it. Like the Iron Giant was dead. Yeah. He never saw like the limbs pulling itself back together. So he was like traumatized by this. <laughs> Years, oh, man. It's, it's like it's like people that didn't watch the post-credit stinger where ET comes back <laughs> and he joins the kids' softball team. Yeah. Oh. yeah. 
Oh, the crossover with Airbud was just <laughs> yeah, brilliant, brilliantly oh, so topical. I can't believe they made a trilogy out of it, and like yeah. only the first two broke a billion. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, there's but nothing yeah. in the rules that says an alien can't play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, we still need to marathon all of the airbuds. Oh god, oh, we, have we to. do. I'm terrified, but we do. Oh. It oh. terrifies me. It scares me. Yeah, I think we've we've taken a pretty comprehensive look at just the animation. I think I think it's basically just an excuse for us to get hyped for Incredibles two. Yeah, yeah. which has come out by the time this comes out. Yes, yes. today we just watched it. It was great. Did we? No. You're, we're gonna you're, watch it, you're it's great. Hamanus. Oh no. Oh shit, yes I am. I'm not even here. What's going on? You're like miles away from a cinema. No, there's a cinema there, but it shows two movies, both of them from like 2014. Yeah, and no, thanks. I'll I'll wait till I get back and IMAX it. Thank you very much. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. I'll drive back and IMAX it. Alright, so my recommendation for this week is obviously Incredibles 2. Ah, oh, you always get the easy ones. Yeah. Oh, and if you can get a hold, a hold of it, the Song of the Sea is just really fucking good. Dion? A Quiet Place, out on digital. Ooh. Nice. Hey boy. Ooh. I am ready for some spooks. Spooks. And, uh, yeah, from my side, looking at, you know things from childhoods and animation that gives me a good uh, good reason to plug the toys that made us oh yeah on Netflix, yes, yes, the yes, yes. second set of four episodes which cover transformers lego hello kitty and star trek toys that ju- came out a couple of weeks ago they're all really good and you should just watch all eight of them actually i just might do that you should and coming this friday super hyped myself for luke cage season two yes give me more of that hip-hop infused black exploitation yes yes please Mm. good stuff um yeah the main villain of which is actually kind of funny which i would spoil but yeah cool nice cool uh Dion, plugs? At Dion from Hidden One, where I'm assuming I'm still angry about Command and Conquer Rivals. That's a fair bet. Fair bet. Marcus? At Viking of Science, where I'm probably still pissed off at Microsoft not giving me their exclusives. Okay, and you can follow me at JMusicant, where I'm probably still not tweeting. Hooray! <laughs> cool. That was a joke, by the way, because Krabbies. Microsoft doesn't have exclusives. Hey-o. Timely stuff. 